The reality is fintech is not that sexy. It is hard work, but it is super fun and fulfilling. Why? Because most of us are in a vulnerable financial position and suffer from money stress. So our job as fintechers is to come up with solutions. Welcome to Fintech Product, the place to be for career advice for women in fintech. I am Moni Millares, and I've built a career building digital banks from scratch, both in the UK and Southeast Asia. I strongly believe in togetherness, and I'm here to open up, share, and bring fintech product and leadership experts together so that you don't have to start from scratch to thrive in your career in fintech. I'm Mexican-British living in Asia, and I'm recognized as Singapore 65 fintech product leaders and women in fintech. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fintech Product. So today, we are going to have a wonderful conversation on challenging our comfort zone and understanding the basics of payments, e.g. the basic payments process. So if you want to get into Fintech or you are working already in a Fintech and somebody tells you, hey, how do the payments flow work and you go blank <laughs> this is the episode for you so today we have andrew chris Todulu from worldline global the number one european payments provider so andrew welcome to the show yeah hi monica thank you for having me happy to be here thank you it's a pleasure having you and it's a very important topic It is. That I struggled with for a long time. So I'm very, very happy to have this conversation today. But before we get started uh, into payments as such, I think it's important like to get to know each other as fintechers, you know, and it's like to yeah. to showcase our backgrounds and everything. So can you tell us about like your story? Like you're from Cyprus, but in the Netherlands, like what made you change? Like what's your journey? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I, I grew up in Cyprus. So I was there for around, uh, yeah, most of my life for 20, 20 or so years. Uh, I went to the school school there. I went to the military there because we uh, still have conscription in Cyprus. Yeah. And uh, after that, uh, I realized that, you know, there's not much to do here for me at the time. And I wanted to kind of challenge myself, get out of my comfort zone. So, yeah, I decided to just pack my bag and basically leave the country and kind of pursue a future somewhere else. And that somewhere else was the Netherlands. Because, uh, yeah, it seemed like the destination that uh, I wanted to go to at the time. And, uh, yeah, I think it was a great decision. I did my studies here. So I, just, I did my undergrad in uh, psychology and international relations. And then I did my, uh, my postgrad in European politics. And now I'm in payments. <laughs> exactly. That's interesting because politics yeah. and payments, you could think, oh, only if I have a background in economics or engineering, I get into payments. But no. Yeah, that's actually a common misconception because usually when I tell people I work in payments, they always ask me, oh, you, so you studied business administration, right? Or yeah. yeah, finance or yeah. But economics, I'm like, no, absolutely not. I did not. Exactly. I did not do any of those things. <laughs> and then how did you end up in payments with a degree that it's, not traditionally associated with payments yeah so so when i graduated right i had uh, a lot of ambition immediately get a job and all these things and then i, I was in complete panic because uh, i didn't know where to start just like every single graduate i think and uh, i started throwing applications here and there and then when i actually started 
doing proper applications. Because I think all the graduates, when they finish university, they shoot applications everywhere and whatever they catch, they catch. But then when I actually sat down and kind of read more about the industries that I'm applying for, uh, fintech really resonated because I really liked uh, the industry, kind of uh, how um, it's flourishing right now. And I mean, especially in payments, everybody's going to be paying. Everybody has been paying for years now. So yeah, it's something that's really important and has uh, a lot of meaning and purpose behind. So that's why I got into it. Cool. And then now that you touch, I love that you touch those two words, meaning and purpose. What has been the role of purpose in your life? And this is broad. This is not just like careers in payments, but it's like, yeah. How do you find meaning? How do you find purpose? Like what's the role of those two words in your life? Yeah. 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 Those are actually two of the words that really drive what I've been doing since I was Mm -hmm. a kid. Because, uh, yeah, when I was small, you know, I um, uh, I didn't really have a clear path in life, right? So I went yeah. to school. Initially, I was just a jock. I was playing basketball at high school. I didn't have a career path. Uh, I don't think anybody expected me to go to uni much as well, like, leave the country and pursue a career. So uh, I found purpose really in uh, people believing in, uh, in me because I had a really mm-hmm. supportive family. You know, I have... Uh, two wonderful parents, uh, two wonderful siblings that always believed in uh, in me and you know my capabilities and what I can do. Yeah, and kind of that drove me into uh, strengthening kind of this purpose that I also felt about myself. And yeah, I created this person that I am today. To be honest, awesome. So family, really. It's family. Family has been yeah. like kind of the driver behind it. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Yes, because also living abroad. Sometimes it's challenging and you do need to hold on to something. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It is a challenge because you literally bolt from the safest space <laughs> that you've known yeah. since you were born. And uh, that challenge is uh, something that a lot of people kind of avoid. But the ones that pursue it uh, find a great reward at the end because, um, yeah, it leads to a lot of growth and at the end of the day, I think that's something that I've uh, always pursued. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I also like value that. Exactly. It's the journey of growing. I've always been a learner, but it's like growth. It's always present in my mindset, yeah. I guess. Yeah. It, it gives you a lot of satisfaction to see yeah, of course. grow. Otherwise, you're like stuck. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, who wants to be stuck, right? No, exactly. You don't want that's to be the stuck. worst feeling because yeah. that's when you get like the, oh, oh, I'm stuck. Yeah. I'm stuck. And you're like, ah, I don't know where to have it out. It's like, yeah, exactly. Stuck. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Nobody likes that. And uh, I don't like it either. So, how have you, I guess, like, I'm just trying to dig, dig a little bit deeper into your mindsets and your life as in mm-hmm. getting out of home, moving to the Netherlands, starting a, you know, like your career in fintech. And that means that you've left your comfort zone. Like, how have you handled the, it's not stress, but it's like the uncomfortable feelings (laughs) of leaving the comfort zone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually a really good question because um, a lot of the times I forget the things that I did to kind of uh, cover myself. But when I left and I kind of uh, 
you know, had to learn how to live alone and how to kind of uh, understand how now you function now as an adult abroad, away from family in the comfort zone. Yeah, I always basically try to keep track, you know, of how I'm doing by journaling or by uh, being aware, just mm-hmm. personally being aware of it and just uh, kind of tracking the journey either internally or on paper and see how I'm doing, always checking in on myself, you know, like, okay, how was today? And uh, asking kind of questions like, okay, what was your favorite part of the day today? What went well? What didn't go well? What can go better, you know, next week? And kind of always uh, reassuring, you know, because um, I think we tend to forget that. Yeah. And then suddenly we're in constant stress and, okay, everything goes going bad and you're in this pit of negativity. That you're stuck and you don't want to be stuck, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So it's the journey of kind of asking yourself those questions, like known as being self-aware and self-reflection, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like looking back and say, yeah, this worked, this didn't. I like that. Yeah, of course, because I mean, nobody else is going to ask you those questions unless you do. No. Because yeah. when you go, you go, you're alone. Exactly. I you call know? them like I auto-coach myself. I'm always yeah. coaching myself. That's what I call the questions. I coach myself. Whether that is in my mind or writing down the question. If I'm like stuck, yeah. I properly write the question and then just like, you know, like yeah, yeah, coach absolutely, myself, absolutely, absolutely. slash find that awareness, self-awareness to be. Yeah, to absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. If if, uh, if people can do that, that's great. But if not, you know, there's also other ways like coaches or you can go to a psychologist if you're struggling with something personal, which is perfectly fine as well. I mean, Everybody has a different way of developing and understanding how they function the best. And uh, also, yeah, when moving abroad, you will struggle. So if there's any way that uh, will make you feel better, you just go for it. If that's doing it yourself, great. If it's going to a coach, awesome. If it's going to a therapist, that's also Perfect. great. Yes. Yeah. Or a mentor or a friend. Yeah, either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, as long Whatever as makes you, you feel better. Yes, exactly. As long as you don't keep those feelings to yourself and don't do anything about it and just suffer with them. Yeah, just exactly. Just try whatever exactly. works for you. Exactly, exactly. Well, that's what I love about the current generations. You know, I think they really seek out the help, unlike the past 20, 30, 40 years where everything was just bottled up and then people lived with this uh, eternal weights. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But that's changing and that's great. That's yes. great. Yes, that's really good. Cool. So let's change gears. And now let's go into what I call the training session. So before we go and talk into pay about payments as such, can you tell us a little bit about what is Worldline? What do they do? What's a payments company, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So so Worldline Global, we are a global payment service provider. And basically uh, what we do is, uh, as the name says, we process payments for a variety type of companies but uh, i specialize in gaming and media or gaming mm-hmm. and entertainment companies and what we do is yeah we handle the transactions so once somebody buys something we come into the transaction let's say imagine that we come into the transaction then we just communicate the message from the bank of the individual to the bank of the the company and then we create that the messaging uh, process and that kind of uh, ends up in, you know, buying something, 
from the shop and then you own the you own that product yes so let me step back a little bit and dissect what you just said because this is like for the newbies 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 joining today yeah. so let's say that i monica i go online and let's mm -hmm. say you work in gaming so i go to my gaming platform and i want to buy some credits or boosters or something mm -hmm. and then i enter my card details mm -hmm. i could assume and then basically something happens in the background yeah. card details or it could be an apm an alternative pay method as well exactly yeah that's yeah. right that's right <laughs> something else <laughs> uh Basically, I enter the details, something mm -hmm. happens in the background, and then in my screen, I say, oh, payment approved or payment declined yeah. as a consumer. Yeah. So basically, yeah. what Worldline does is you're in the background, taking yes. those details, communicating with everyone that you need to communicate in the background to then give us a response of, yes, payment was approved or payment was declined. Yes, because behind the transaction, there's so many processes that happen. You know, we have different kind of entities that take part, such as an acquirer, which is basically the body that handles the transactions of the shop that you try to buy something from. Then you have the issuing bank, which is basically the entity that handles your money. So it's your bank, right? And then you have the card schemes, which are the major ones right now, Visa and MasterCard, that are also in the transaction. So there's a lot of different parties involved behind it. But in a nutshell, yeah, what we do is basically communicate the message of, hey, you know, this person bought this from your shop, you know, and then the transaction goes back and tells, you know, the, the person's account, okay, do you have enough money in it? If you do, then okay, transaction goes through, you have enough money, we communicate that. And then transaction goes through, thing is bought, you get the email, transaction is complete and then yeah you basically bought the product very exactly it's a very well explained that's the flow as such and then why thinking as a newbie why do we need a payments processor to do that work why can't just my bank talk with the gaming company and visa why yeah, do we need this yeah. yeah yeah that's actually a great question because uh because in order to do all this, you need a contract with an individual acquirer. So with one company that can actually do the transactions for you, right? And if you try and do that as a company for every single country in the world, if you're a global company, then you have to basically negotiate hundreds of contracts. Yeah. And that would be a, a huge struggle and a huge go-to-market issue as well. If you're, you know, if you need your product, launched immediately if you want to check transactions immediately and you don't want to delay uh, that process it would hurt you end up losing money and you kind of damage kind of your brand so that is why psps payment service providers are necessary yes exactly so that then the whole ecosystem comes together exactly because it's all built in one even though there's different kind of bodies uh, part of it it's all built in one it all functions together exactly exactly yeah and then what are the like if i'm a newbie what are the challenges that i need to be aware of in the in the payments processing process as such what are the biggest challenges that we have today as an industry yeah the acronyms 
The acronym. Yes, the acronym. We all are like, yeah. what was that? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, but uh, I think as an industry, what's uh, what's changing now? You know, uh, especially from the payment service provider perspective, is kind of this march into crypto now, because as a payment service provider, okay, we're all trying to see now. Okay, how do we fit in this? You know, how do we make sure we can serve our our um, our merchants, our customers in the best way possible, right? If they want to march into crypto, but because this area is so new, we're still learning. People started getting proper attention in the like past few months. Uh, so this is going to be, I think, a challenge for the next few years, to be honest. Yes. And I think the other challenge, yes, I totally agree. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, how are we going to fully transition? Not fully transition, but how are we as existing financial institutions going to coexist? Our technology, how is it going yeah. to coexist with blockchain and crypto? I yeah, still absolutely. don't have an answer, but it's a question that keeps coming to my mind. And we yeah. will not see the answer right now. We'll see no, absolutely like not. three to five years time. We'll be like, oh, that's what happened. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think because we're all still working on it, right? We're still trying to figure out, okay, how do we coexist or how do we kind of complement each other? So, yeah, I, I think yeah, in the next few years, we'll know for sure. Exactly. And then one of the, it's not a challenge, well, it is a challenge, but it's also an opportunity. What do you think is the role of payments in making the industry green and sustainable? Yeah, 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 yeah. So of course, yeah, of course, every time a payment is uh, committed, then you have the corresponding CO2 emission, right? But uh, I mean, us as a company, as Wordline, we kind of uh, created this commitment to become fully green, which we did a couple of years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I think just like every other single industry out there that is trying to cut down on emissions because, you know, climate change is real and it's here and we have to fight it and we have to try and uh, prevent it as soon as possible. We need to all commit yes. on yeah on these goals that were set out by our governments, by you know the commissions that we have, and etc. Definitely, and I think it's like you say, it's like we all need to commit. And what I like, it's like we're starting to see more of the regulators saying, "Hey, here are the guidelines." Therefore, now it's not going to be a nice to have. So it's going to be within a few months or a few years. Everybody yeah. would have to at least report on CO2 emissions. Therefore, we yeah. can start tracking and seeing progress. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I think in the past, it, there were no guidelines, right? There was just, it would be nice if you did it, but it's okay. Exactly. But uh, yeah, finally, now we have that. And that's uh, also probably an additional driver to yeah. finding a solution to this. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then just like to keep things simple and practical, actionable. At the beginning of the podcast, you mentioned, hey, how you got into the industry? Basically, you started reading about it and basically learning a lot. If I want to get into payments, I'm kind of going through websites, but not really <laughs> understanding these. This podcast hopefully helped. Uh what do you recommend people to do to start getting into payments? I get that question a lot. What do I need to do to get into fintech? What do I need to get into product? And in this case, what do I need to get into payments? 
what are the practical things that people can do? Yeah, uh, practical things. Basically, just go online, start Googling, because that is the best way to do things right now. Or use Ecosia, it's a green alternative. Um, but yeah, basically Google, or you know, uh, what I did, to be honest, when I started working in payments, I have, been, I have this, I was blessed to have, you know, the first manager where she really helped me understand, you know, kind of foster the safe environment. Okay, ask me any question you want. And no, no question is stupid. There's no such thing. And I will explain. So also ask questions, especially if you get into the industry and you're new, it's okay to ask questions. Nobody learned anything without asking questions, right? Exactly. So you got to ask questions. You got to be curious. And at the end of the day, you know, we're all learning together. So that's part of the process. Yeah. And I think that's spot on. Like we're learning together, not because we've been working in the industry for 10, yeah. 15, 20, 25, 30 years. We don't know everything. On the contrary, yeah. I think day by day we know this because the industry is growing so fast. Absolutely. But you're like, oh, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, I need to go and read. Uh, so I think the key the key point that you make is, yeah, make questions. Don't be afraid to ask because there's no such a thing as a silly question. And even people who've been in the industry, quote unquote, long enough, we still have many questions. Absolutely. You yeah. never run out of questions. You can ask so exactly. many questions. Yeah. And then you learn when others ask you questions and you're like, oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> it forces you to think and to learn again. So asking yeah, questions has, has a double purpose, like for you absolutely. learning and for the other one answering. Yeah. And I mean, if you're, if uh, the organization you're working in, if they don't foster this environment, then maybe it's not the right place to be because uh, at the end of the day, you know, we're all learning together. It should be a safe place. And uh, your growth is dependent on not just you, but also the organization offering you the opportunity to grow. You know, that's why I'm happy where, where I'm at right now. I'm happy who I'm working for or who I'm part of. And uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a very, very, very good point because, well, it reminds me, well, the phrase like psychological safety, but it's exactly what you just said, but it's like, whenever you join a company, you want to feel comfortable asking all these questions. It's like safe asking all these questions, basically. Absolutely. And if we yeah. don't have that as an industry, then it's like, ooh, we're not doing a good job. So as an industry, we need to kind of foster that environment as well. Yeah, of course. Because, I mean, if you want new people to join, right? You need that energy. You need the young people energy. You can't, uh, <laughs> can't have a growing industry, right? Exactly. You need to help people out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. You need to try always and keep people interested, keep engaging, keep helping them enter. You know? Exactly. How do you think we can do that better as an industry? Yeah, training sessions, I think, uh, possibly even including courses about fintech in universities. Because uh, when I was a uni, we didn't have this, you know, and then yeah. suddenly I entered the industry. I had no idea um, anything about payments. And I think people have been paying for so many years now. How do we not have courses on how this all works right now? Yes, that's a very good point because, like, we 
let's say the oldies in the industry yeah. as young as we are we're old right now <laughs> like we did not learn payments in uni we just like got a job and then we started learning everything that we know yeah absolutely either yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. the best way some people learn are on the job which is uh the way I, that's the way i learn best too on the job yes me too Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think if there was some way to include training at university or any kind of learning platform, I know that some learning platforms are now online. They have courses on fintech, but yes. I'm really yeah, aware that universities on the ground in different countries in the world do not have that. Yes, exactly. Maybe it's like making it part of the curriculum, just like making financial well-being and money management that that should be like mandatory since you're a kid probably yeah, it's absolutely. like on top of that for people who go for well if you go for business or whatever whatever discipline you want to study once you're in uni you should have like an elective to be like oh yeah and i want to i want to understand fintech i want to understand payments and that should be just part of the curriculum in two to three years yeah time. no absolutely absolutely Yeah, absolutely. This, what you just said, I don't know how many times I've discussed this with friends. That What? at school, in high school, when you're a kid, you do not do so many important courses. And then you end up doing things like, I don't know, in high school, I did a course called typing because I don't know why we had that, you know, but okay, how important was I do that on my free time? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And actually, now that we say that, it's a good opportunity for now that the industry is growing to stop saying hey the industry hey financial services and the rest of the world it's more of a how can we tackle the problem holistically like from yeah. education universities payments companies retail companies like how can we educate the world basically because we're all consumers we all spend money we all overspend we get in debt true true that's true <laughs> holistically if we educate everyone for different angles different touch points then we can tackle the problem of financial stress in people's lives absolutely and i think uh, this is even more relevant right now because with the way that shopping has changed uh, with live shopping now and kind of all these different ways of flashing advertisements into your face then you need to be aware you know of the financial return of that exactly if you buy something there's something behind that there's yeah. debt you know? and also exactly. <laughs> yeah also so many different paying products now bnpl but now pay later you know that's great you can buy something now but you still gotta pay it which is something that's a lot of uh, consumers right now i think especially younger generations such as gen z uh, don't understand to its full extent yet exactly it's the impact of because like with every every purchase that we do with buy now pay later it starts becoming a habit absolutely right? yeah so instead of having the habit of hey i have my money and then i budget i can afford this much therefore i spend it's more of a we're starting to build a habit of hey i've got my money it doesn't matter what i have or i don't have i can afford everything <laughs> i just like pay it in the future <laughs> Yeah. I'm not sure I love that idea. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I mean uh <laughs> I mean it's a great product if you are looking to buy something 
that you cannot afford immediately. Exactly. And you need it. You know, yes. it's something you want to buy. Yeah. Definitely. But if you're in a constant circle of death, then yeah, then you need to sit down and think about it because that will create other problems, you know, because you got to pay other stuff and then you don't want to be stuck in the debt. Exactly. For the rest of your life. Oh, coming back to payments. So we were talking about the payment cycle, right? That it's like mm -hmm. I go to the shop and I want to pay my $100. Now that we yeah. talk about uh, buy now, pay later, where in that payment cycle does buy now, pay later come in? Yeah, yeah. So by now pay later, you know, it's kind of a separate, it's kind of a different model, I think, because you basically commit to the transaction as a as a customer, as a consumer, and then there's BNPL product, right? They give you the opportunity to buy it, they give you the product, but then you haven't paid it off fully. So they work as kind of like a, a borrower of money, right? In the likes of the big companies that we have right now. So they... Yeah, that's how it basically works. And in terms of how we work with them, yeah, we kind of offer their services because they are basically a payment product. Mm -hmm. right? Cool. So just to wrap things up, if I'm listening, I'm a newbie. Why should I join a payments company? Why is it exciting about working in payments? So many different reasons. <laughs> I, cannot, I cannot name them all right now. <laughs> no, but uh, I could, really, uh, payments, you know, it's such an exciting uh, place to be. It's such an exciting industry because people have been paying since forever. We will be paying again till the end of time because you got you to gotta purchase things, right? You got to buy your food. You got to buy your whatever you want to buy. And um, the industry is constantly growing. There's new ways to pay now. You know, you can pay by QR code now. You can pay by smiling, I saw. Yes, I saw that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is also really awesome, right? So there's new ways to pay, which creates kind of this new leeway of, okay, there's so many new things that are happening that you can contribute to, that you can kind of uh, work with, that will maybe give you some purpose and meaning, you know, into work. And we work for a lot of time in our lives. And I think uh, really digging deep to see what you like. If it's fintech, that's great. Uh, yeah. So it's important to kind of dig deep and see what you want to do with your life, to be honest. I love that. And it's like a perfect way to finish this episode. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it's not about only payments. It's, it's, it's about your life. You need yeah. to do something that you really enjoy, that you find meaning and purpose. So fintech nerds would like like payments with like fintech but uh Absolutely. we create but payments spending. are great yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's a dynamic industry that we know yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't get bored it's dynamic and it's growing yeah which is also important. exactly cool exactly. andrew it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you where can people find you if they were to be like hey i have questions I have questions, yeah, yeah. Any questions, anything, or just to connect and have a chat, I'm on LinkedIn at Andrew S. Christodoulou, the long Greek name. And uh, yeah, I'm there. I'm active all the time on LinkedIn. I post uh, a lot of uh, content every day. And uh, yeah, happy to connect, of course. Perfect. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Andrew, again. And ladies and gentlemen, see you next week. Thank you. Ciao, ciao. Ciao. Hello again. It's been an absolute pleasure. I learned tons from this conversation and hopefully you gained some insights, knowledge, or inspiration. 
It could mean the world if you follow, share, and rate the show because it gives me feedback. And remember, if you have fintech, product, career, or life direction questions, reach out. I'm always happy to help. Go to my LinkedIn page, Monica Millares, and send me a connection request. DM me and book time for a free mentoring session. See you next week. Ciao, ciao.